persistence culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture Podcast. Persistence Culture, we are a lifestyle brand changing lives all over the world. I am your co-host, Mambo. And uh, we got your host, Jason. What's up, Jason? Yo, what's up, Persistence Culture family? How's it going, bro? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling a little feeling a little tired. Spent spent half literally half the day yesterday out in the ocean doing some fishing. So the the sun beat me down and holding on to that fishing rod all day is uh is a workout in its own, man. So I'm I'm feeling a little bit today, but I'm doing great, man. I cannot complain. So this is a good little little uh change from from being locked in at home, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a nice little change to get out there and it was it was cool, man. They had like the the restrictions as far as wearing masks and stuff like that when you got there. But once you got out in the water, you know, everybody kind of kept their own space and did their own thing. And it was just nice to uh, get out there away from the mainland here and forget about everything for a while and just have a good time. Just the wife and I. So it was a blast, man. So who was uh, who was the lucky one that caught it? Because uh, I seen your post. I, see, I seen the picture, bro. <laughs> yeah, actually, my, my wife hit the jackpot, pulled in the biggest the biggest fish of the day. This thing was a monster, bro. <laughs> the thing was big as hell, man. So you guys have a lot of fish. Yeah. Yeah. We, we came we came back with 40 fish, you know, two fillets a piece. So we got we got fish for days now. So we threw down some fish tacos last night and I'm going to throw up a big old fish fry on Friday and whatnot. So. Man, you it's got good. you got enough for some ceviche later too. Yeah, I bet. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we we know somebody that uh, claims they can hook up a bomb ceviche. So we're gonna save some white fish and and have them hook it up for us, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Man, did you uh, did, do you get sick when you go out? Nah, man. You know, well, with my time in the Navy and stuff like that, I feel like my sea legs were. You know, it's been a decade since since those days, but I feel like they're still with me. I didn't really have much of a problem, but. I did have like the post sea legs. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat, but sometimes you, when you've been on it for a while and you get off, it still feels like the ground's moving. So I hit that a little bit, but for the most part, man, my sea legs are holding up pretty good after a decade plus, you know? You know, I've been on a couple of cruises and uh, I know I know what you're talking about because sometimes after you come back from uh, one of the, the weekend cruises, when you're, and it always happens to me when I'm in the shower, you still feel like you're, <laughs> like you're moving and yeah, stuff. Man. Yeah. That's exactly when it hit, hit me and my wife yesterday too. <laughs> she started talking about it and I hadn't felt it yet. And she had already taken her shower and I was like, oh yeah, you got to get your sea legs. And then as soon as I hit my shower later on tonight, I was like, Damn, oh yeah, that's what it, I guess, that's I guess, what it hits you. I guess I got to warm mine back <laughs> up too, man. But yeah, life is good, man. And just, just looking forward to this week and getting closer to, you know, the official start of holiday season, so to speak with Halloween on the horizon and whatnot. So you know, just a lot of things like that. We got the decorations going. My uh, wife built a big old uh, string spider web. Right. Yeah. So it's like taking up the whole front yard. My son's getting a kick out of it. But so, uh, do you go all, all out uh, decorating at home? I would say we're. I say we're right in the middle. You know, right on the medium line of decorating. We do enough to where it's like, oh yeah, all right, they're celebrating Halloween. But I mean, we don't have the full on haunted house effect. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So. Because uh, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Rico, who does uh, the the radio show with me, his wife. And at their household, they go all out, bro. They ain't messing around, huh? Well, I don't think for Halloween as much, but uh, when it comes to Christmas, oh, man, they give Disneyland competition, <laughs> no, bro. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's legit then, yeah. Now, we don't go that far out, but we definitely show a little spirit and whatnot. And I'm just hoping that this year, even though California is recommending not to go trick-or-treating and things like that, I hope that uh, 
everybody kind of at least maintains somewhat of a normal. And even if you don't want people coming up to your door, put a bowl of candy out front. Maybe keep an eye on it if you don't right. want somebody to steal it all all in one shot. But at least at least uh, participate in the spirit a little bit. Are you guys going to try to do something with the kids? Yeah, so I'm, we're on the fence. We got a we got a friend that's having a big Halloween party that we got invited to on the actual day of Halloween. So we might go and trick or treat around their neighborhood, or we might just stay at the house. And we usually do like this like strategic little map through the neighborhood and let uh, Bradley and this year Audrey with her walking and stuff like that. So they'll be able to full on participate. Yeah, the kids. I I think a lot of the. I mean, your kids are are. Young. Young, so I'm pretty sure they don't understand what's going no, on. No, not at all. But uh, as an adult, you try to be the responsible one. So trying to explain something like that to what? How old are your kids? Uh, Brad's three and a half, and Audrey's one and a half. So uh, they don't care. They just <laughs> no. want. They just want to go trick or treating. Yeah, they just want to dress up, and they just want their bag full of candy. And how do you feel about yeah. some of these guidelines that? I mean, it's the state and county that are that are putting out there for uh, for Halloween. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the guidelines to me are a little ridiculous, but I think a lot of the guidelines have been been ridiculous as far as when to wear your mask and how to wear your mask. And now, like the governor even said, like, all right, now that we're eating indoors, you should put your mask on in between bites. And I mean, it just. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, never, I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, one that, he, he made that comment. And I mean. I don't know if he was being serious, but with him, I'm pretty sure he was being serious. So, I mean, that's that's just a little over the top. And I just hope that if people want to participate, just do the normal thing. Leave your light on. We'll come up to your door. And even if you leave your light on and you don't want me at your door, just don't open it. You know, I ain't going to stand there for too long. You know, we'll do the knock. If you don't answer, we'll, you know, keep moving. You know, I, I know uh, uh, some people that, well, people that I know, some are, are don't care and are going to go on with their what they would do for Halloween and some are, are being very careful about it and, and like you said I, I get it if you don't want to participate leave the light off but to me it's crazy some of the rules that I read but some of the things that some of the cities are still gonna do for Halloween like they're asking like certain businesses not to do this not to give out candy but some of the cities are still having little events which I don't understand yeah, it's, it's like one of those things like you can have events and you can say it's going to be socially distant, but it's also one of those things where you know that it's not possible. So I think that if we do start slowly getting back to normal, I think it will help with like the herd immunity style where, you know, the virus will unfortunately continue to pass people around. That's why if you're at risk, stay at home, you know, don't participate in something that you think is risky. And then, you know, everybody else, unfortunately, will kind of continue the spread of the virus because the numbers are spiking again. But that's what's going to happen, and we're going to have to eventually do it because half of the people out there, once this vaccine comes out, probably ain't even going to want to take it anyway. So, and you know, I how, how do you feel? Like, do you do you know a lot of people who've who've got Rona? I do. I do know a handful of people, and a good close personal friend actually had a very serious case of it. So I know that it's real. I know that it's serious, and I definitely don't take it as a joke. But I also do respect the the right in this country to have rights and be able to choose for yourself. So. Just making mandates out of nowhere and stuff. I understand the importance of it, especially at first, you know, when we weren't really sure how right. it affected everybody. But I feel like there's some good science that's out there now. Some data has been taken. There's, you know, processes of vaccines being made and things like that. So I think that it's time that we, you know, start pushing the envelope on getting back to normal because I don't like the term new normal. You know, and, and I feel like, you know, since we've started the, the podcast, Rona's been a topic almost every week. <laughs> Can't avoid it, man. And, and you know what? This is not what the podcast yeah, is going to be not, about. This is not the COVID podcast, but unfortunately, <laughs> we're living in the COVID world. And also like the politics world, like it, it, it's always it's always on people's tongues. 
uh, speaking of tonight, the day that we're recording this, there is the live national, not debate now, but each person is going to hold a TV show. And I guess the way that they'll figure out who's more popular is probably by who tunes in or views. But to me, I'm anxious to get the election on and rolling because I feel like going forward now is just nothing but propaganda anyways. I feel like everybody's mind's made up to the most part. Like if we all voted today, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be that much different from now till November 3rd unless something obviously incredibly crazy happened, which you can never predict. But I'm ready to get it going. And there's just so much stuff going on. Like, for instance, um, they're trying to confirm a new judiciary uh, uh, the words slip in my tongue, but Amy Coney Barrett to become the new Supreme Court uh, justice. Yes, that's been all over the news. Yeah, yeah, they're trying because people are saying they're trying to rush it through. Then they're saying, oh, well, this many people have been confirmed in a year. To me, all that doesn't really matter. To me, if I feel like, I don't know about you, but if you could change one policy in the world, do you have one on the on the top of your mind that you would change? Like if you could put something out there for legislation to change you know, a rule about our government and the way that it's run. You know, I've always felt a certain way about politics and government, uh-huh. and I, I, I've always felt that all the things they've taught us as as uh, as kids growing up, what not to do, what's bad, mm-hmm. it's all the stuff that the politicians do to each other. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it's like, how is it that we're teaching our kids or we get taught not to do certain things, but... These guys who are in power just want to do it and they do it out in public. And yeah. I, I feel like they do it more openly, like just talking. I mean, whether it's true or not. I mean, some of these ad campaigns that I've been seeing, it's it's like, man, you could you could shit on someone yeah, just like just that and not even have not even have facts or anything like that. So to me, it's like and a full blown production of yeah. it, bro. It's not like just a rumor mill. It's like a national broadcasted commercial. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily with that. I mean, I feel like it should only focus on on good stuff and, you know, the things that you're going to do instead of just bullshit about how this person does X, Y, and Z. But for me, one thing, going back to the confirmation of the, the new uh, Supreme Court justice, I hate that we have political terms that are lifelong. I don't I just I just don't get it. Like, so we're going to vote her in today because if you tell me that people don't change, then that's you just don't understand life and you're lying to yourself because you vote her in today as a 45 year old woman or 50 year old woman, whoever she is. And she's going to still be the same Supreme Court justice when she's 75 or 80. And that's what you know, that, that's where I don't I, I feel like it's just not fair. And it's uh, it's not fair to generations and it's not fair to change. And I'm all about change. Change is good in every single form of the way, whether it's a bad change or a good change is better than no change. But, but but do you, do you, don't you feel like people do change too? Like even, even though like you vote someone in or you, that person, you get them in for a certain reason. Don't, don't you think they'll change in like five, 10 years, their thoughts on whatever. Definitely. Yeah. That's why I think that, that nobody should have like a lifelong term. And that's, I feel, I feel like that's the problem with Congress. It gets super stale. These people have been there for, I feel like they're the same Congresswoman and men and senators that I was listening to decades ago in, in elementary school. Right. And you know, you know, you, you know with, when it comes to, to politics and uh, I mean, we're n- not even saying that we're <laughs> the no. one, the go-tos when it comes no. to it we're just talking about it because you know it, it's all over the news That's all. yeah but w- when it comes to, to to politics i feel like now and i know i've said it in in previous podcasts it amazes me how freely people talk about it now yeah it's it's a it's it's definitely a hot topic and i think like we said before, there's good and there's bad that come with it i think that it is something that unfortunately we should all at least be somewhat a part of but also, don't let it consume you because 
they're not consuming you and your daily job. And at the end of the day, it's it's a daily job for them. And part of them is going to be human nature. And they're going to want to do what's best for them. And they have special interests. They have friends that they look out for. And I don't think that part will ever change. So, And, and I've, I've seen a lot of posts from people, too, like uh, saying that you we could be friends and still disagree on things. Yeah, hell yeah. And that's what life's all about. And that's where it is about change, too. And who knows? Maybe that person you're disagreeing with after your way works out or their way works out, you guys might switch minds. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and and speaking of minds too, there's a, I, I read an interesting story. There's a there's a bright mind out there in the U.S. right now, and it's a it's a 12 year old kid by the name Caleb Anderson. Do you did you hear yes, about him? I heard about that. Yeah, so he's 12 years old, and he's actually transferring from uh, I think Tallahassee Community Technical College. Yep, 12 years old, so he's transferring from that college and enrolling in Georgia Tech University to major in aerospace. That is at so 12 dope, year man. old, bro. That is incredible, man. It was one of the the coolest stories I heard. Um, So they say that at four weeks old, he was already mimicking how to talk. And at two years old, he could recite the entire Constitution, bro. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know the the second sentence of the Constitution. See, if, let alone, if we would have had internet growing up. I probably would have done the same thing, bro. I don't doubt you, big dog. I don't <laughs> doubt you. I don't. I, I had internet growing up, so I'm out. So I'm out of the conversation. I had my chance to be a 12 year old scholar. I didn't. East Coast public schooling failed me there, so it's all it's all good. But see, I, I like to hear stories like that just because you know uh, I I've I've had conversations with with friends where you know they they go to school and. They do what they have to do to get an yeah. education. Uh-huh. And then after, it's like they, I, I'm not going to say they expect, but they their way of looking at life is, is they say like, I went to school, I did this, I did this, but I can't get the job I want. But sometimes you don't need school. No. I'm not saying that's that you shouldn't go to school or anything, but sometimes you know what you want and you go after it. Definitely. Versus like someone who thinks like, I went to school, I'm book smart. So now I deserve that job. Yeah. For instance, like, let's say you go to school because you want to be, I don't know, a high school guidance counselor. So you go for psychology or whatever the major that the world tells you you should take. It doesn't mean when you graduate from, you know, X university that you're going to just go up to the high school that you want to work at and say, hey. And get that job. Yeah. Hey, bro, I got my degree. Can I start tomorrow? No, it's not going to work out that way. So. That's what's interesting. And even with with young Caleb, he's going to go study aerospace and maybe he's not going to do anything with aerospace when he gets out of there. But maybe he'll discover, you know, the first hovering car or something. Who who the (laughs) hell knows what he's going to discover? But it's just really cool to see bright minds excelling through uh, education platform. And to me, it's cool. And maybe that will just start the slow change of maybe changing the curriculum in public schooling and things like that because i think it could use a, a good refresh especially right now the Definitely. way yeah i i don't think your, your kids are they back in school no it, well, brad's in preschool so that since that's private school he's still able to go to school it's not like you know it's not owned by the state it's not ran by the state so i was talking to a friend who was telling me about uh, his kids uh i believe his his daughter's in kindergarten and how frustrated she gets uh, and she's not learning anything that she pretty much uh, has. She was looking forward to going to school and this being her, her first year, she, she's like discouraged from even like trying to learn anything. That, that bums me out. That bums me out. And one of Brad's cousins, same thing, first year in kindergarten. And it's like, what a, Honestly, what a shitty way to start off the education. So right? that's going to be like the taste that they have about going to going to school. And hopefully when things get back to normal, you know, they can, you know, forget about this and it'll be a distant memory. But it's just really tough. And I, you know, I hear stories from friends that are parents about their kids crying and say they just want to go back to school. And it's man, it's like it's another thing I feel like 
we could be doing a little bit better. I know, and I, I was just speaking from California because I know parts of the other country, you know, they're all back in school, and uh, at least to some extent. And I just feel like we could be doing a little bit more here in California. And well, I know, I know they have. Part. I know they have the charter schools, and and I feel like the schools should have hit the reset button. Yeah. This was a time for them to hit the reset button because. Going back to uh, the way they, they're teaching their kids, and even when I was in school, I can't even remember the last thing... That you use today, that you learned back then? Yeah, like, yeah. like especially like like when you you see memes about it, where the teacher was telling the student, like, uh, you better learn math. You're not going to be walking around with a calculator every day. But <laughs> Everybody's got a calculator, bro. Exactly. Every now single we all person. have phones. And exactly. It, yeah. and, and it's just crazy to know that they're still teaching that way yeah so and 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 i don't think like i'm i'm not saying that we should get rid of parts of education but i think we need to use the technology that we have as the means to learn it so then you're able to apply it in the right manner and then maybe you can get farther quicker you know why spend why spend a whole year that learning how to write down how to do long division when nobody ain't going to do no damn long division and i learned how to do long division i'd be screwed right now if i had to do long division bro. when's so, the last time you used it never I mean, <laughs> even before i had a calculator walking around in my pocket all day it just doesn't make sense so why waste that big of a chunk of the curriculum on teaching somebody how to use something that's so outdated when they can get farther and they could learn even more by the time they get out of high school you know, and we got to start. We got to start building better minds. We're building better. We're building better roads, cars, buildings, planes, all the other technology. We got to start building better minds too. So, and you know, I feel that in life, at least the way I grew up at, I think right now uh, human beings are big supporters of each other. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, you would get discouraged to even try new things or do new things because you know. People would hate Hell when you yeah. were trying to do something. Yeah, you'd be different. You'd be weird. You'd be the outcast. And, and believe it or not, sometimes it's your own family who who try to discourage you from from yeah. doing something. But I think since we're talking about education, I I really feel that our teachers are unappreciated. Hell yeah, they are. And underpaid. Way underpaid, bro. And they still do a great job, bro. And that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't persuade them from not doing it. And now they're even doing it through this online platform. So, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Big shout out to every teacher out there, no matter what age, curriculum, wherever you're at. Even if you're a parent doing the homeschool thing, everybody that's out there teaching definitely deserves a big, big, big shout out from me. And, and you get it. Yeah, today. definitely. And, and, and again, like I know we're talking, we're not talking about the teachers. We're talking yeah. more about... Uh, the Cor- system, yeah, that, exactly. That, you know, time to hit the reset button. Seriously, personally, man. that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, I think we need to find a way to get more budget to them, or and who knows, man, maybe this might open up the door for more private schooling, which I'm not a fan of because everybody can't afford private school, and right. I kind of hope that that doesn't happen. But hopefully, maybe it comes up with more economical ways to go about private schooling versus the way that it is now, where either you're good at sports or you pay a shit ton of money to go to private schooling. So. And again, disclaimer, we're not discouraging kids from going to not Hell going no. to school or anything. Go to public school. Yeah. That's where you that's where you learn most 95% of my life lessons were learned right? in the hallways of public school. So, definitely go. And you know, just speaking of life lessons, somebody that's dropped a lot of life lessons through his years uh, is Stevie Wonder, man. And uh, some new news about Stevie's out there right now. He's got not only a new kidney and he's doing good, but he dropped a couple of new tracks recently. You get to you get to hear any of them? No, and, and you, you haven't. You, no, when you sent me the email on on the story that you were uh, going to talk about this, uh, I 
I didn't even get a chance to look into it. Yeah, you should check it out, bro. Because honestly, I was like, I wonder what these tracks sound like. You know, it's kind of kind of crazy. They definitely have like uh, going with the trending times, a little bit of a political kind of spin to it. And right. like I said, I don't lean heavy either way. And I personally like that because then I'm not, you know, instantly turned off by something and say, oh, I'm not going to listen to this shit. Listen to him preaches. He can preach whatever he wants. I like I like good music. I like good rhythm. And I, of course, like lyrics, too. I feel like lyrics are the most important instrument of a track. Right. Um, but his uh, his track can't put it in the hands of fate. Well, he's got two of them. Where is our love song and can't put it in the hands of fate. Can't put it in the hands of fate is a pretty dope track. It's got Rhapsody on it. It's got Busta Rhymes featured on it. Oh wow! Yeah, for real. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool little it's a cool little jam. Like I said, uh, it's got it's got a little bit of a you know it goes with the times as far as the topics that they're talking about. But I think it's a really really fly little track. And he's got a supposedly a full length album, like first one coming out since like two thousand and five or something. Wow, so I need to check it out. Yeah, and so, you know it's crazy. I work in the business and I heard it from you, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, yeah Stevie Stevie's back, man. I mean, I guess I guess he got a, a kidney transplant about six months. Ago or something like that, and I guess it's really changed him, and he's he's feeling a lot healthier and whatnot. So, well, good for him. Hell yeah, good for still, Stevie. Yeah, still doing music. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah Steve, Stevie Wonder's a legend, man. He's an absolute legend. And then uh, speaking of legends, we got a we got another chip for uh, LeBron James' uh, legendary career. You know, big shout out to the Lakers back on top. I know that hurts a little bit of your Clippers side, but I mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have a lot of friends who are Laker fans, and, uh-huh. and it's funny because I tell them, you know what? It's 2020. It doesn't count, and they <laughs> they get mad about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, of course it counts. Now, if they lost, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have counted, you know. But but it count it counts to me too. And now I feel like that just gives LeBron another another quote unquote uh, statistical bullet in his gun for the for the fight of. Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, and I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's a legit argument, you know. Don't get me wrong; I grew up on Jordan; he's my guy, and I don't know if I'll ever pick someone over him. I know there's still plenty of basketball now and after I'm gone, but uh, MJ's still my guy. But LeBron is putting up one hell of a case. So, how about you? you I'm not a LeBron fan. No, no, no. I just not. Ah, to me, it's just so impressive that he's doing it at this age. That's the part I that see, I can't ignore. And I see the the. The Kobe MJ competition yeah. a little bit more than the definitely and definitely. people people argue with me about it and I'm just not a, I guess I guess because I'm not a fan and I've never been a fan a LeBron fan it's mm-hmm. just I think that I think for me the thing is that a lot of people don't put into the argument is the longevity and I just know that the work that LeBron has to put in to remain that kind of longevity and not get hurt and if he does get hurt it doesn't sideline him for too long I mean. To me, you watch him, he still looks like the fastest, strongest guy on the court. And, I mean, he's playing against guys 10 years younger than him. So, to me, that's really impressive. So, I, I mean, I, I agree, but I think about it, too. Like, the, the blueprint that, that was put out, like, like a Jordan yeah. was, was a reason why a lot of these guys put in work. Definitely. And, and, and Jordan, not saying that Jordan didn't work hard, but I think Jordan also used to like to, you know, work hard, play hard. And I think that kind of taught a guy like LeBron James, like, hey— let me just work hard and then work hard some more because I feel like that's what caught up to MJ at the end of his years. But, uh, I'm gonna go play baseball for a couple years. Oh, I'm gonna go do this movie. Oh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay out late with the boys, you know, while we're partying after we just won a playoff game. And he's a gambler. Oh yeah, <laughs> MJ. And he'd, he'd be on he'd be on the golf course before before the game. You know, he'd shoot 18 holes and then go out and drop 50. I mean, the the, the man is definitely a legend. Like I said, he's still my pick, but. 
I'm the, putting I'm putting Braun one step closer at least, you know. The, what but, is uh the the documentary the the the, uh, the, last, the dance. last dance, yeah. If you guys haven't checked that out, check it out. you guys need to check it out. Yeah. That's like uh uh truly inspiring no it matter really is. just just in life. Yeah, just yeah, just yeah. even if you're not even a sports fan, you'll you'll still like to watch it and if you don't know who MJ is, that's one good way to get to know him, you know. But um and then staying on the uh, hot topic of COVID, NFL's got more COVID shuffling going on, oh, man. man. Uh, Do you think this, they're going to cancel the season? No way, no way. Because you got to look at it. So we're we're a quarter of the way through the season, and we ain't even lost a game yet. There's still potential for everybody to play all their games. It wasn't like MLB where all of a sudden they had to cancel three games, and that's what's nice about them. They get to move stuff around. Like now, not only did they have football on Sunday that last week, we had football on Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I feel like the NFL is licking their chops, kind of like, hey, here's our opportunity to kind of play with this and figure out a way. Instead of only capitalizing our marketing capabilities on Sunday, we can start capitalizing every shit. day, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll take Wednesday off, and you know, we'll just make money every day. So I think it's working out all right for the NFL. I. Th- I think I read this morning that they canceled the the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah, they did can't they did cancel the Pro Bowl. To me, that's fine. I get it. To me, why even have the game? I feel like you should have like a Pro Bowl team, and I get the idea behind the game. It's just to have fun. It's supposed to be like a little backyard game. But there's been injuries that happen in Pro Bowl games, and to me, it's not worth it for the guys. Name them to the Pro Bowl team so they can get their bonuses out of their contracts or whatever they got, and then you know just. It, they shouldn't have to play the damn game, man, and, and risk risk their body. Because I mean, look at look at Dak this week. I mean, oh, he just yeah, a brutal brutal injury, man. That was sad, bro. It was it was a bummer, man. And trust me, there's not very many teams that I root against or try to put negative juju towards than the Cowboys. But Dak, man, he de- he deserves better than that. And it was on his you know prove it year, playing it out on a franchise tag, trying to show him, hey, I'm better than you even think I am. And what do you think is gonna happen? I mean. I, I personally think he's going to come back. Oh, yeah. But what do you think? Is he going to stay there with the Cowboys? I hope so. I, I hope so. And I hope Jerry Jones and the Jones family does right by him. Because, I mean, the guy's a stud. But it's going to be tough, though. It's a scary injury. And it's definitely a business. So it's investment. And, you know, with it being with it being his plant leg, I feel like that's going to be a bigger thing. You know, when he's dropping back and he goes to put put that foot down and drive the ball, that's going to be a tough thing to get used to, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely a scary, scary injury for somebody in his position. But then there's a guy like Alex Smith. So big time comeback. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard the story, but Alex Smith had a spiral compound fracture to his fibula and tibula a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And he finally came back. And even through that, he was battling staph infections in the hospital, almost lost his leg. And he got to be back on the NFL field. And I, I guarantee that had to feel really, really good. You know, I always rooted for Alex Smith. It was the number one pick coming out of Utah. And if you can get a co-national championship at Utah, then you know what? I think you're a baller. And he had a bad rap in the beginning of his NFL season. And every turn, he always kind of got hammered. And now he's back. So big shout out to Alex Smith. Too. Yeah, that's one of those uh, feel-good stories. And Hell you, yeah. you hope that's uh, the same comeback that Dak has, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. You know, and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody's throwing a party. And, and speaking of parties, you know, this week is uh, Persistence Culture's big Halloween bag. Damn, I'm not going to be able to make it. Yeah, yeah, I know I know you said you're going out of town for some some family action, but you know, we'll miss you, but it's still going to be a great time. And uh speaking of that party, we actually have the uh hostess with the mostest in the house today. We have the awesome human being himself live and in the building, Mr. Dean Mead. How's it going, Dean? Hey guys, doing fantastic. 
Good afternoon, Persistence Culture family. Yeah. Hey, thank you for being here, Dean. And uh, yeah. I, I call you the connector because even even Enrique, the man behind Persistence Culture, said you were you were the connection to all of this that's happening right now, man. So thank you for that. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a humble guy, but you know when when things were going down and and I saw this opportunity coming, I I just had to put it out there. And I tell you what, Enrique took it and he took it to a level right now that I've never even seen. Yeah, he's 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 taking it and running with it. He's sprinting with it, and, and we're just we're just super thankful. It's awesome that you were the one that sparked that connection. But let let's talk a little bit about you, Dean. How about you tell the people who you are, where you're from, where you grew up? So I grew up in a little town, um, Santa Maria, about a 45 mile uh, drive north from Santa Barbara. Everybody knows Santa Barbara, a little great beach city. But uh, I moved up to Ventura County when I was 15. Started pursuing uh, an acting career. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, little little commercials, little TV shows here and there. And uh, who knew uh, 30 years later I was going to be in the grocery business selling, hey. you know, potatoes and steaks, you know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> a, a successful guy's going to find his avenue. It's, it's going to find him, you know? So, uh, but tell me a little bit about the acting. Did you get, did you get any gigs? I mean, is there something that we can, some, some, uh, vintage footage out there we can find? Oh, absolutely. You know, so Star Trek, the next generation, uh, played six episodes of an alien with, uh, I don't know you guys are kind of young, but you may not know, um, Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley was the, uh, counter alien next to, next to me in these episodes. And, uh, no kidding. what a great opportunity wow. to meet some, uh, classic actors from way back in the seventies. Yeah, that is dope, man. That's awesome. But uh, ran through some commercials, Irish Spring, Coca-Cola. And then <clears throat> actually when I started working for Albertsons, um, they were shooting some in-house videos and that caught their eye. And I ended up doing some uh, national commercials for Albertsons. Yeah, that's cool, man. So. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to look that up, man. I'm going to find this vintage Dean, Dean footage out there, man. Yeah. The, pro- the problem is that. you're going to find a, a vintage Dean that weighed about 50, 60 pounds. Hey. Back then. So, hey. so hey. go easy. Go easy, guys. Hey, that's a trend in persistence culture, man. It's like that's what happens when you walk through the door. Some LBs just happen to fall off, man. All you got to do is get through those doors. Um, so speaking of doors, the doors of Vaughn's and Albertson's been essential this whole time. So on the, on the trending topic of COVID, how's that been for you being a district manager, trying to navigate those waters, man? I'll tell you, I never thought in my career I'd be, uh, the, uh, referee down the, uh, toilet paper aisle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people fighting over, uh, toilet paper and, uh, boxes of, uh, fettuccine yeah stuff like that you know it ceases to amaze me guys yeah man it definitely kind of caught everybody off guard that toilet paper would be that hot of a ticket still don't see the backing behind it but how about business and stuff like that have you noticed anything different you guys making more or less money oh we've been thriving through the pandemic of course uh you know the grocery store has been the hub of everybody's needs uh you know people in the beginning were we're putting on their Sunday best to come into the grocery store because that's the only place they could go, right? That's the date night right there. Let's go walk the aisles no and lawns. Yeah. So uh, tell tell me about you, about yourself. You got a family. Tell me about your family and everything, man. Yeah. So I've been married uh, just over thirty years. Beautiful wife, Julie. Thirty years. Congratulations, man. That's incredible. I don't even think I'm over thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't Doesn't have guessed it, like man. It. I wouldn't have guessed it. But uh, yeah, beautiful wife, and um, I have a uh, 29 year old son, Nicholas. 
and a beautiful 27-year-old uh, daughter who's a, a, a beautiful nurse here locally in Santa Paula. Awesome. Nice. That's incredible, man. I actually got to, uh, I believe, meet your daughter. I don't know if your son was at the last Halloween party, but I think I met your daughter at the last Halloween party, which is absolutely epic, man. If you haven't been to one of Dean's parties, you are missing out. I mean, this guy is the, the hostess with the mostest. He puts that he puts that quotation between his name with no problem. <laughs> so tell us about that. I mean, um, Halloween party coming up. How, how's that going to be? Well, you know, we're going to try to keep the distancing, right? <laughs> but, oh, come uh, on, man. Come on. You know, I'll tell you what, we've, we've all been conditioning and working out together. So, uh, you know, I, I think, it, you know, we'll, we'll start outside. I'm sure it's going to get inside. But, uh, you know, after a few, everybody will be drinking and enjoying themselves and, and, and singing. And, you know, yeah, it's man. just an epic time. You know, yeah. we, I, you know, come one, come all. We got, you know, people from... Their young age, all the way up, 70s and 80s, you know, we're, we're very Definitely. welcoming. We, we take everybody in. Yeah, you, you do, man. It was incredible. You welcomed my, my wife and I with wide open arms last year, and we had a blast. Um, so we wouldn't be able to have these annual parties, though, if you didn't bump into the Godfather Enrique at some moment. So why don't you give us a little background about how you two guys met? So we met at um, a local gym. I remember him walking in with, with uh, one of his buddies, and... Uh, you know, I kind of looked over and he seemed like one of those guys that really uh, exuded a lot of energy. Like, you know, I like, oh, yeah. I, I like to think that I exude a lot of energy as right. well. You but uh, so I had to know this guy. So I walked over and uh, I was introduced and I believe his friend was uh, had some type of a typical name like John or Peter or, or whatnot. And he said, this is John and this is Enrique. Well, I called Enrique John and the other guy Enrique because he was Hispanic. I had no idea, you know. It's yeah. just so it was a pretty fun, uh, fun moment there. And then uh, just from then on, it just became uh, more and more infectious, and uh, we we just started getting into conversations. And really, you know, we have that same perspective on on life where you know we like to connect people, and we we really like to be all about community. So, yeah, man, and uh, we we are super thankful that that worked out and that. You got to uh, got to meet him that day because I wouldn't have got to meet you. And um, I just think that it's incredible the type of family that we have built in persistence culture. And speaking on that part, from your viewpoint, what is since you guys met in a different facility, what is the best part about being in this facility, persistence culture versus other places that you've been in in the gym and fitness world? You know, I would, I would say definitely inclusivity. Uh, you know, this gym is very inclusive. Um, everybody is there together for the same goals and purpose there to uh, for everybody to lift everybody up. And uh, there's no differences in like uh, age there. There's no differences in like, you know, what your interests are outside. It's just everybody has a common goal working together and pumping everybody up. Yeah, man, I, de I definitely agree with that. It, it's just everyone is included and there's no... There's no shaming. There's no nothing. Everybody's building people up and building your confidence. Like you said, you're, you're down 50 to 60 LBs. Mambo and I are both in those clubs and a lot of a lot of the guests that we've had on first. But it's not only about weight loss either. Even if you're already an incredibly in shape athlete, to me, I feel like our training is top notch compared to anywhere else. Um, I'm pretty biased to that because that's where the bulk of my training has ever come from. But from your viewpoint, do you think that do you think it's similar? You think it's the the right viewpoint that I have? I can tell you, but uh, there's no doubt that the programming is um, second to none. Uh, you know, I've been to other gyms, and you know, 
you get home, you could probably go run a few more miles. But uh, at persistence, when you're done with that workout, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, that's funny. I was in there. I was in there the other day, and I had all these ambitions. Like, okay, yeah, I'll go in there, I'll do the workout, and then I'll work on this or whatever after. And it's like, as soon as I got done that workout, I just laid there on the floor and was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not. <laughs> change of plans. <laughs> Definitely change of plans. All that extra stuff is not going to happen. No. Um, so, thirty years with your beautiful wife Julia, you said, correct? Yeah, beautiful. Um, you know, we, we basically growing up together. We grew up with our kids, you know, so, you know, I, I know my kids have the same uh, outlook on life that I do. And they, and they show that same love uh, in their lives with their friends and, you know, their, their significant others. So put us in on the scoop. How'd you guys meet? Where did it all go down? Where the fireworks blast off from well if you if you can believe this it was bob's big boy okay hey bob's big boy all right you remember that double deck hamburger place way back in the day yeah, right? they, hey my, my, my parents live out in indiana last time i was out there i ate it of bob's big yeah boy, and i so. can tell you i looked a little like bob's big boy <laughs> <laughs> awesome. so i had to i had to definitely went over her heart with the personality because the the, <laughs> the the looks and the chin weren't really uh there for me <laughs> yet and uh she walked in she's a she was a bombshell man uh, straight into uh, college at Northridge, Cal State Northridge. So we met in the restaurant, and uh, that was it. You know, I saw her, and uh, I had to had to go. Yeah, that's awesome, man. In thirty years, that is that is an incredible accomplishment in itself. So congratulations to the both of you. So uh, on that note, how about some personal goals of yours right now coming up on life? You already got the incredible relationships. You've already got the incredible fitness journey. You're already beasting out. 25 year olds in the gym you can out bar muscle up them all so how about some personal goals that you have right now in life going forward you know my my personal goals with you know work life you know you know this i'm fairly new into my role as a as a district manager but you know i've been leading people for years and really what i want to accomplish out of life is getting other people to their goals and uh, i can do that i have about three thousand employees so I'm, I'm i'm in the stores each week and i'm able to meet new people and kind of figure out what they want to do in their careers and uh, inspire them to move up, you know, in the company or what, whatever they want to really pursue in life. I mean, it's, that's really what, what, how I feel accomplished at the end of the day is really by getting other people to their uh, passion and, and what they want to do in their life. That's awesome. And I, I think that's an incredibly noble way to approach life. And that's just a great mindset to have to be looking outwards towards people and also upwards for them. And if they don't see maybe something that's attainable in front of them, you can find that avenue for them. And that's an incredibly respectful. So yeah, and it's, it's really rewarding when somebody goes on to do a position and then you lose track of them for several years and all of a sudden they drop you a, a text or an email a note um, thanking you for, you know, just the words of encouragement or some type of gesture. You know, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's got to be awesome. And I mean, there's been multiple times even too, we've, we've been partnered up on a lot of Saturday on the uh, infamous Saturday workouts, man. And you, you always find the right ways to motivate people to keep, keep people moving and just keep people moving forward in and outside the gym, apparently. Yeah, my personal life, you know, I just, you know, staying healthy. Uh, I'm able to uh, take care of my family, able to take care of my work. Um, you know, so getting in and doing that fitness thing is, is definitely part of the work-life balance that we've got to all have out there. Yeah, man. And you got that dedication. I remember, I think it was a few weeks ago, you said you had some friends in town and you guys had a late night, but you were still, you were still out there at that 7.30 Saturday workout, man. So that's in incredible, man. I, I really dig that motivation. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, it, it's great to walk in and see the smiles on people's face and, and, you know, tackling the workout. You know, they think they can't do it, and then they just get through it. Yeah, man, it is. It's, it's awesome, and it's, it's, it's literally life-changing. 
Yeah, for me, it's been life changing. I, I don't think that I'd, I'd have any other way about it. And I didn't even start working out until I was in my late 40s. So this that's is kind of new man. to me, you that's know. <laughs> that's incredible. I'm on that same boat. Uh, that's when <laughs> yeah. I started my 40s. I was like, get off the couch, honey. You know. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was kind of talking with my my wife about that earlier, and I was like, man, I feel like I feel like I'm a better athlete now in my life than I was when I was quote unquote an athlete in high school when I was doing sports and things like that. And I was like, damn, I wish I could have had Gage, you know, training, <laughs> training me back when I was in high school. I might've got a little more playing time. You know what oh, I mean? Man. So it's really just, it's really just a testament. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what shape you are in or what aspect or what part of your life, whether you're young, old or in between. I mean, there's never a wrong time to keep moving. And it's just been an absolute pleasure getting to meet you and all the other members of Persistence Culture, man. And um, I appreciate that. You're a genuine guy and uh, you have a great family out there thanks. and love seeing your kids in the gym and, you know, they're waving and starting to talk <laughs> now and running around. Oh, yeah, man. It's great. Growing too fast, man. That's one of the things I like about Persistence Culture is that, you know, hearing both of you guys talk about the gym. But to me, uh, every time I go there, it's like more of a it's more than just a gym. It's like a, you know, a network place. It's a community. Yeah. The way people support each other, like there's always a guy like Enrique brings something up or I bring something up. He's like, oh, you know, so-and-so does this and you just kind of connect with them and, and have them do work for you, whatever it is that they do. I know uh, I bought, I shouldn't have bought them, but because I was trying to lose weight, but uh, I wanted to support, you know, I got those uh, uh, chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah, from Shies Berries, man. Those <laughs> things are, those well, things those are on are, point. Man, they you are can't dang. just eat one of those. They're <laughs> fantastic. I think there's been just, I, we've, we've bought them a handful of times now, and I think there's only been like once or twice that they've actually even made it to the house. You know, my, <laughs> my wife and my kids are devouring the whole box before we even get to the house. So they're yeah. on point. And I think just the support from from all the members at, at, at Persistence Culture, it's, it's just amazing to me because you know i i've said this before man i i grew up in in a hater uh generation yeah where you know a lot of people hated on each other and if you try to do something uh, yeah. good they would like clown you for it but <laughs> exactly. but when someone actually is pumping you up like yo good job you yeah. know it, it just motivates you and wants it does you want to do better and help others out yeah it makes you want to motivate them too and so and and dean your attitude is just infectious man so i'll tell you what we were at the gym yesterday and there was uh 30 new kids that showed up uh, i don't think they've ever worked out much but i'll tell you they were inspired after that workout and we were we were going around thanking them and uh, i'll definitely see those kids coming back uh every week it's it's just fantastic yeah no it's, it's really cool and it's it's it probably sounds cliche to keep saying that it's a family but i'm telling you if you have if you're listening to this and you haven't been through the doors yet at persistence culture just come in and check it out Meet my man Dean Mead here, and you will you'll see what we're talking about is the real deal. It's it's just a different experience. What we have, what we're cultivating there, it's it's something special. Yeah, and you know, every every time uh, I talk to Enrique about you know how how he started, uh, your name comes up, and uh, you're you're part of the reason, believe it or not, why we're doing this podcast too. Because if it wasn't for you welcoming Enrique to the community, you know, he, he always says that you you and your family opened up your guys's doors to him and 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 his wife and now he has the gym now you know he's doing business here in 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 our community and uh it was crazy because i met enrique through sky which is another mutual friend friend of ours yeah yeah it, it's, it's such a small world and and the connections that we're making out here in the community it's just second to none i mean i God, it's like that we're building roots, you know, for the future of these these kids and these in this community out here. We are. And that's that's like 
how you were talking about my kids in the gym and to me it's really special that they're getting to grow up in this type of an environment and this is this is something that's fun to them not only is it fun for me or for you or for us when we go to the gym it's not it's not like a chore it's something that we enjoy doing and that's what they get to grow up and they get to see and they get to meet people like you and then when your beautiful kids have grandkids, who knows, maybe they'll all be working out in a persistence culture box together. And that, that's the kind of stuff that really excites me just about about the future in general. Yeah, I'm looking forward to persistence worldwide, definitely. Yeah, man. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously you go to Hawaii, happening. you go to persistence. Yeah, right? exactly. You're on, vac- you're on vacation over there in Maui. We got, we got a box for you. Oh, so. that's, that's exciting. Dean, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on the show. You're just an incredible human being. If you haven't met Dean Mead in person yet, come through the doors, check him out. You'll see him in there. Brother, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, truly appreciate it, folks. And uh, for the persistence community out there, I look forward to meeting you. Uh, come in, have a great time, you know, and, and, and I'll see you there and, and welcome you. All right. Thank you guys for checking out the Persistence Culture podcast, uh, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Also, uh, check out getpersistence.com and uh, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Persistence Culture. Keep moving.